They took him right to the rim. They took him right to the rim for a level. Sun's Day brought to you by Coco 5. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Three o'clock hour, the Burns and Gambo show. And yeah, we're going to talk tons, Sun Celtics. But again, just a quick note of thanks to ASU head coach Kenny Dillingham, the entire Sun Devil Sports Information Department for ushering Kenny Dillingham down here so we could talk to him for most of our two o'clock hour. It was a very energetic, enlightening conversation about the future of ASU football. And man, I, I tell you, we're going to have to call somebody in to clean up the passion mess that he left all over the desk. Uh, He's Great. just exuding passion about this program. I so, want, I so want ASU football to be successful and not mediocre. I would so love to have ASU football as a perennial contender, top 25 team, get to playoffs, win a Pac-12, go to a Rose Bowl. I mean, it just, you know, it gets the whole valley together. I would, I, I really, am, I'm pulling for him. I am. I'm pulling for him so badly. I want him to get this thing turned around, head in the right direction. Yeah, that's so. Again, our thanks to Kenny Dillingham for coming down here, and our thanks to ASU for allowing him to to be down here. That was uh, that was really good. That was a lot of fun. All right, huge matchup in the NBA tonight: the very best in the West versus the very best in the NBA, and of course, the team with the top record in the Eastern Conference, and that's the Boston Celtics. A slightly later one tonight, eight o'clock tip time. You'll hear it here on Arizona Sports. If you missed the news, by all accounts, Chris Paul will return tonight. Will play tonight, I believe. I also saw a tweet from our own Kellen Olsen. And that Tory Craig is absolutely planning on playing oh, tonight. Oh, Tory Craig is going to play I, tonight. I believe okay, good. he told reporters that, yes, obviously, okay. still no Cam Johnson, Dwayne Washington Jr., etc. In come the Celtics. The Celtics are loaded, and much like the Suns, given all the drama that happened to the Celtics with their coach in the offseason, none of that drama has translated on the floor. No. The head coaching issue they had with Ime Udoka, none of it has mattered to them. They have played right through it like nothing has happened. No, this is a great team, and I think many people might think that this is the best team you know, in the NBA is the Boston Celtics, and they're loaded with uh, an MVP candidate in Jason Tatum, and man, I'll tell you, they got to be so happy they didn't trade Jalen Brown, because while Tatum is is playing ridiculously well, Jalen Brown has been just as good. It's almost a Jordan to the Pippen. Uh, Brown shooting a career high 50% from the field. He has been a dominant player. They're, they're the best record in the NBA at 20 and 5. They're number two in field goal percentage. They're number one in three point percentage. They're number one in free throw percentage. Offensive rating. Um, he's been great for them, and the Celtics have been great with the, with their big three of Jalen Brown. Marcus Smart and Tatum, they've been fantastic. Yeah, and another guy that i got to give some flowers. I mean, there's a whole bunch of guys got to give flowers to on this team because they're deep, and they've all played. I mean, even Blake Griffin in his nine games, he's made an impact when he's played on those days that Al Horford hasn't. There, There is one guy, though, that in particular, when he's available, he is, and I, I it was one of those ones where it was like, I, I just have a feeling he's going to make a difference there. Malcolm Brogdon has yeah. been so big for them. And you know, the Suns did not have interest in him just because of the the injuries. I mean, some some pretty you know the injuries. It's just like, can he make it through a season? You know, can good player with Milwaukee. Everybody remembers him, but the injury was 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 a major issue for him. So he's probable for the game tonight. Um, he was he had an illness, so he didn't play in 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 one of their last games. But he's probable tonight. So he's been you're right. He's been very very good for them, and and 
one of those guys that you look at and you could probably be a, a six man of the year candidate. He's been that good for Boston. Yeah, and with you know with Malcolm Brogdon, and you hate to say it, but you got to say it. As you alluded to, there is a question of availability. There's always going to be a question of he's got that reputation. You know, unfortunately, the kind of reputation that Cam Johnson we kind of talked about a little bit yesterday is starting to develop a little bit in terms of that availability. And is he there? Um, but there, look, that game they played the other night against the Raptors. They were on the second night of a back-to-back. They gave mm-hmm. up 61 points in the first half. They had like 11 turnovers in the first half. Man, they tightened up all the loose screws, and they played so well. And they've got a guy in Jason Tatum, and we spend all this breath and all this time talking about Luka and Devin and the MVP race and Devin, what kind of a factor he's going to be in it. You're going to go make a bet on who the MVP of the NBA is he's right the now? Favorite. The guy you're going to get the, the worst odds on is Jason Tatum. Yeah. He is the favorite. Now, obviously, you know, and just to go back to Brogdon for a second, you look at those numbers, man. 13.9 points, 3.9 boards, 3.5 assists. He's definitely in the running for the best sixth man. He's second in the NBA in three-point percentage, too. So He's really shooting the ball well. He's a playmaker. He's always been a playmaker, and he plays great defense. So just a really good addition for them. When you talk about Tatum, you're talking about a kid that, you know, that he's really – you remember that draft? That, that, remember that Remember that was, the, that was the draft in which the Suns were hopeful to get J- Jason Tatum, but they weren't able to? And uh, I've got some sound here from that, by the way. From the draft? No, Jason Tatum on All the Smoke in 2020, a podcast, he called his mom. Mom and said, I think I want to go to Phoenix. Yeah, I remember I called my I called yeah. my family, my mom, like, I'm like, yo, I think I want to go to Phoenix. Like Earl Watson, he's like, yo, you he's like, you you come to you come to Phoenix, you know, you and D book. Like he's like two light skinned killers. Ooh. I'm gonna let y'all rock out. <laughs> I'm like, Hell yeah. I'm 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 sitting in the G I'm sitting in the car, I'm like, man, this sounds good. Like, yeah, like I think I wanna come here. That he visited. So I thought I was going to Philly. But then I I remember I I went to Phoenix. It was, this was a week before the draft. I went to Phoenix just to meet with Earl Watson and talk to the to the GM and see the facility. I didn't work out. I just wanted to go meet with everybody. And shout I remember out my dog I, Earl. Yeah, shout out to Earl. I, Earl is my guy. Like I, remember yeah. I went out to I went to dinner with him. The next yeah. day, I remember he picked me up. He had a white G-Wagon. He drove me around and showed me, like, all the houses where the players live at. I'm like, hey, I'm hey it's dope out there, ain't it? Phoenix is beautiful. Oh, that was, this, this, yeah. Earl was my college. My, Earl's my point guard at UCLA. <laughs> who is he talking to? Who is who is he talking to? Help me out with that, Eric, please. That's Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. Oh, Matt I Barnes, believe. okay. Yeah, so they have a podcast, I believe it's for HBO, and they have oh. a lot of NBA players on there. <laughs> yeah, if you remember, Markel Fultz went number one overall to Philly. Lonzo Ball went to the Lakers. And then Jason Tatum went number three. The Suns got Josh Jackson. Now, the Suns really were trying to do everything they could to make a trade um, for Josh Jack. But there was somebody they... I have to go back to this. There was somebody that they wouldn't put in a deal to try to move up and get Tatum. Because it was... Uh, I can't remember what it was. I'll have to go back and look. But I, I remember reporting that. The Suns won't put this guy in the deal I wonder who it to, was. to get him. Um, but I wonder who it was. Suns will not, remember. Was Suns will not include Josh Jackson in any trade for Kyrie Irving. That was one. And it might have been something else, but they were doing everything they could. They like they, you know, they ended up with Josh Jackson, but they really didn't want him. They really did want to get in a position to get either Ball or Tatum. It wasn't. It wasn't 
faults. It was they really wanted to get Ball or Tatum, and they weren't able to do it. They ended up with Josh Jackson. Yeah, that's too bad. <laughs> I mean, you, history of any sports team is always littered with these what-ifs, right? And when we think about what-ifs for the Suns recently, you know, I think we think of what if they had taken De'Aaron Fox instead of Josh Jackson during that draft because Tatum wasn't available. We think about Tyrese Halliburton instead of Jalen Smith a couple of years ago and what that would have looked like. You know, I, I don't think anybody ever really what-ifs the Jason Tatum thing because he wasn't there. He yeah. wasn't available. He was he was taken before you had a chance to go get him. Um, but certainly hearing him talk two years ago about how much he loved Phoenix. This is going to be a fun time. There are certain games where you really circle, you look forward to. I can't, especially coming off a humiliating loss to the Dallas Mavericks, I can't wait to see what the Suns have tonight. I can't wait. Like, I'm really, I, I don't know if we're going to be in here talking about a win or a loss. And in the final analysis, honestly, it probably won't matter much in the big picture for the Suns, whether they win or lose this game. I'm just excited to see the level of competition tonight when you're talking about the two teams with the two best records from each conference. Yeah. I think it's, I'm very excited and, about that. And listen, game. I mean, you know the way Book is. I mean, you know, after you get humiliated by Dallas like that, this team, after they lost that game to Dallas, I totally expect that they're going to respond to that. They don't, you know, they, I would I would doubt that they'd be able to play another bad game in a row. It's just not who they are. When we come back, well, first of all, let me remind you that uh, we've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. You can subscribe right now on your iPhone or Android. You'll never miss any of our show. The Burns and Gambo Show podcast is brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. When we come back, Kyla Murray meeting with the media today. You better believe Patrick Peterson was a topic that was on the agenda. You'll hear what the Cardinals quarterback had to say about that criticism next on the Burns and Gambo Show. And Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Of course, it was just about this time a week ago that we um, we heard from Patrick Peterson on his podcast, on his All Things Covered podcast. And by now, I think we all know what he said about Kyler Murray. But just in case, verbally now, vocally, Kyler Murray is talking about, and and I don't like how he's doing that. I think he should keep some things. Privately, but it tells me he doesn't care about his head coach. His head coach, and he's putting everything on the head coach, basically saying Kyler Murray don't care about nobody but Kyler Murray. <laughs> That's just a matter of the fact. Well, well, yeah, well, I, I got it. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, I can't, I can't argue that I don't know him personally. You played with him for a few years, so I got to take your word for it. I've heard that sound by ten times. Spin that, you, Patrick Peterson. Uh, well, you hear him try the next day. You know, well, you know, spin that. I, I wasn't trying to disrespect him. I was just trying to tell him that his body language is poor and God. that it's a poor look. And like, but I wasn't trying to disrespect him. I ain't got no beef with Kyler Murray. Yes, you do. How, how can you say that the next day after saying saying Kyler Murray don't care about nothing but Kyler Murray and nobody about Kyler, right. Kyler Murray? I mean, it, it you you can't put that toothpaste back in the tube, no matter how much he might have tried in the ensuing days. Now, remember, Cardinals last week were on the bye week. So Kyler responded on Twitter, responded, I thought, very well on Twitter with what he had to say. He was very classy, but yeah. strong at the same time. And quick. And quick. Not you know, quick it response. took him about 15 minutes. Yeah. Today, Kyler was behind the microphone for the first time since this happened. And, of course, he was asked a lot about it. Here's what he said. No, 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 no. Um, no, I mean, it just, well, I was honestly, I was super shocked, you know, when I seen it because I wasn't, you know, I didn't I didn't have Twitter on my phone. You know, Keith, Keith actually sent it to me. <laughs> uh, 
ask you, you know, he asked me what I did to him. I said, I don't know. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that was kind of the gist around. I was confused. <laughs> the, the question was, was he super shocked and confused about the P2 stuff? And then he was asked if Pat's criticism hit hard. No. I, I mean, me and Pat have had a great relationship. That's what I'm saying. I don't, uh, you know, I, every picture I got with Pat, he's cheesy ear to ear. I'm cheesy, like, it's not. I mean, I seen him last year. He, you know, I don't, again, I don't know where any of that's coming from. But it is what it is. And again, if you missed his response it on is Twitter, what it is. That's, yeah. a, that's a very famous Kylo line. It is what it is. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a well-worn out cliche in the world of sports. Um, what he said on Twitter a week ago, quote, this isn't true. You on some weird bleep at P2. You got my number. If you really felt like this is a big bro or mentor, you're supposed to call me and tell me, not drag me so your podcast can grow. Right. Now, later, Patrick Peterson, and this is the day that you were off on Thursday, later came out and said, you know, I, I actually don't have his number. I got his number. I texted him. I haven't heard back from him. Um, here's Kyler today. The Patrick Peterson stuff is behind him. Yeah, I'm not. I don't. It, like I said, it doesn't affect me. It is what it is, you know. Did he call you? No, I mean, no. He said he texted you. He probably, yeah, after the fact. Yeah. yeah. I mean, hell. What, <laughs> what is that going to do? Right. <laughs> He's right. <laughs> Play that again. That was fantastic. It <laughs> was great. I love it. Yeah, I'm not. I don't. It, like I said, it doesn't affect me. It is what it is, you know. Did he call you? No, I mean, no. He said he texted you. He probably, yeah, after the fact. Yeah. yeah. I mean, hell, what, <laughs> what is that going to do? Uh, right. Man, it cats out of the bag, man. What are you texting me now for? Yeah. I told you you got something to say to me. Say it to my face or text me and tell me I got a problem with you and don't put it out there on your podcast. Oh, you're texting me now. Oh, okay. What are you, what good, he's right. What good is that going to do? It doesn't do any good. No, that Go was, on your podcast and publicly apologize. Don't text me. That was funny. And, and I mean, neither one of us were there, obviously, but it seems like Kyler was kind of all smiles and all laughs and just kind of joking about it. And, and that's probably after a week and a half, that's probably the appropriate response to it. I mean, look, we talked about it last week. We'll say it again. There are legitimate, fair questions about Kyler Murray and his ability to lead. Okay, there are legitimate and fair questions about Kyler Murray and is he a true franchise quarterback? And, and yeah, I know a lot of what Patrick Peterson said was based off of, you know, Kyler's quote after the Chargers game about schematically, you know, how messed up they were. And that was a quote that was taken way out of context because he was talking about one play. So while all those questions about Kyler might be legitimate, it might be worth talking about, to say Say Kyler don't care about nothing but Kyler. It's just a line you just don't cross, right? I mean, that's just you, you want to say something about a guy's body language, about a guy's ability to lead. There are ways to say it, but when you come out and say Kyler don't care about nothing but Kyler Murray. You are in violation of the code. That's just not how these things are supposed to go, and certainly not the kind of thing you say on a podcast and then later walk it back the way Patrick Peterson was walking it back the next day. It's you know, it's very much where you could sit there and say it's about the podcast or maybe it's about his next career. Patrick Peterson, man, he's just got it in for the Cardinals, okay? He's got it in for the Arizona Cardinals, all of them. I, and if he has a chance to take a shot at somebody, he's going to take that shot. Because what do you do? You're the Minnesota Vikings. You go to the freaking playoffs. Oh, yeah. The Cardinals are 4-8. and eight. Like, what are you like? Well, why is that a part of your podcast? Unless, let's talk a little Cardinals. Hey, what are you going to talk about on the podcast today? Well, let's talk about this, this, this. Oh, mention the Cardinals. Why do you have to continue? You're, you haven't been here in two years. Mm-hmm. Your team's in first place. Move You're going to go to the playoffs. You have a chance to win a Super Bowl. Why are you talking about the Cardinals? Yeah. Like, stop. 
I mean, it's like 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 you get divorced, and three years later, you keep talking about your ex wife. Mm-hmm. Stop! <laughs> Stop! You're divorced. You don't need to talk about her anymore. Wish her well and move on. Like, yeah. why do you continue on all these podcasts two years later? Why does the Cardinals have to be a, a subject? When does the All Things Covered podcast typically drop? Is that a Wednesday? Like, I, I, I know we stopped paying attention to it a while ago, but but I, I thought... Turn my notifications off for that one. <laughs> Sorry, Bernsey. I, I, I thought to myself, whenever the next episode is supposed to drop, and I think it was last Wednesday. I think if I remember right, because you were off, what, Thursday and Friday last week? Yes. And I think this happened right before you left. So on, so I, I don't know if today's the day we're going to get another podcast, uh, which means I don't know if today's the day we're going to get more Patrick Peterson stuff. And frankly, at this point, I don't know if we care. I don't know if we care anymore what Patrick Peterson has to say. But you're that's the thing I couldn't get over, right? And we were talking about in the days after you were gone on Thursday and Friday was, man, can you imagine you're a Vikings beat reporter? All right, or you're a talk show host in Minnesota. And instead of talking about a team that's running away with the NFC North, that's going to be the number two seed in the NFC playoffs, maybe has a chance to win a Super Bowl. And you're talking about Pat Pete's beef with Kyler Murray? And it is, it's like, there's a forest for the trees conversation we have to yeah. have here, Patrick. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you understand, that you, and he's having a really good year. He's having a really nice bounce back year with that organization. And yet this is what we have to keep talking about? Is your beef with the Arizona Cardinals? Because nobody outside of, like, Arizona cares about this. Now, people in Minnesota don't care about what you're saying about Kyla Murray. It's- no, you know what they care about? It was salacious. That's what they care about. That, like, a week ago, the only reason why anybody cared about it, because it was like, dude, did you hear what Pat Pete just said about Kyler? He said, Kyler don't care nothing about nobody but Kyler. And it was like, it was, that made people care. People were like, what the hell did Kyler ever do to Patrick Peterson to, to warrant that kind of thing? And it, nobody cares about Patrick Peterson's beef with the Cardinals. Nobody. They only care about it when Patrick says stuff like that, stuff that gets everybody's attention. And I was, I was glad to see Kyler laugh it off today because it's been a week and a half, a week, whatever it is. It's, it's time to move on and talk about something else. Kyler's got to worry about Kyler. He can't worry about what Patrick Peterson is clapping at him about from 2,000 miles 100%. Away, you know? Um, more Kyler on um, on the state of teams, on the state of their team right now, if they're preparing differently because of how they've played. No, I remember two years ago, you know, they kind of played us a little, played me a little differently. Um, I just think with him, you know, you, you never really know what to expect. You know, they can do one thing one week and uh, switch it up the next week, all depending on who they're playing. Uh, obviously, he's, you know, who he is. You know, his... Uh, his resume speaks for itself, you know, tons of respect and, and for what they do, um, their scheme and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, we, we got to focus on us and go out there and execute. He was obviously talking about Bill Belichick and getting ready for him. It's the first time they've played the Patriots in two years. When we come back, big matchup in the NBA tonight. The Celtics in town taking on the Phoenix Suns. And it looks like they're getting Chris Paul back. We're getting James Jones, general manager of the Suns. He joins us next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. State of the Suns, driven by Sonic Drive-In. Mmm, Sonic. Burns and Gambo take you inside the Suns front office and talk with a key decision maker. Our weekly visit with the Suns general manager and president of basketball operations on the day of the Suns' big game against the Boston Celtics tonight at Footprint Center. And joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line, the GM of the Suns, James Jones, joins us here on Burns and Gambo. James, good afternoon. How are you doing today? 
Good afternoon, guys. I'm good. It's game day. Does yeah. it get any better than this? Suns, Celtics, no, tonight, Tatum and Brown and Marcus Smart and Blake Griffin. I, I, I'm so excited to watch this game tonight. It, this is a big game. Man, it, it should be so much fun. I mean, I know uh, it, it'll it'll be electric in the building. And, you know, it's the middle of the week. It's a Wednesday. Uh, typically, Wednesdays don't have a lot of excitement, but tonight should be a really good game for us. You, you know, in an 82-game season, you know, we've come – when you're winning the way the Suns are, we get accustomed to uh, the regular season doesn't matter a whole lot. you got to be healthy and peaking in the playoffs. That's what really matters. But then a game like this comes up and all that stuff goes out the window, doesn't it? Always, I mean, you, you need these games. I don't. I don't think you can play low-level games all year long and think you'll be ready for the playoffs. So when people say like you just have to be ready for the playoffs and just get to the playoffs, you need you need some tests along the way. You know, you need really high-level games. Um, you need you need to you need to be you know put out in front and, and, and challenged. And so I think tonight will be that for us. And I'm hopeful we're in front of our home crowd. Um, with a day off in between that we can come out and perform well. As a player, what kind of goes through your soul on a night like this? What are you, what are you thinking about? What what do you kind? Of, I mean, it's not nerves, I know, but but what what are you thinking about when you get ready to play a big game like this? I mean, well, it's fun. You know, you, you look forward to these games because you know that everyone else does too. You know, your opponents bringing it. You know that your fans have been, have circled this this matchup on the calendar. Uh, the only only challenge is these late games. When a game's this late, you're anxious to play, so you have to wait an extra hour, but uh, you live for these moments when you're playing. James Jones, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. It sounds like Chris Paul is a go tonight, yes? Uh, he's questionable. You know, we'll, we'll see. Um, but, you know, this morning, you know, came in, uh, did some things. But, you know, until we know for sure, we're just going to continue to say he's questionable. Tory Craig as well? Uh, no, he's available. I okay. think Tory's ready to go. Um he had a really good day yesterday and this morning, so uh, it'll be big for us getting him back because he matches up well with, with Jason and, and Jalen. Is there anything that would prevent Chris from playing tonight? I don't know if he's not ready, um, but you know, like I said, we'll we'll know um, later this afternoon, uh, probably right before game. Let's let's talk about the Dallas game a little bit. That game got away from you guys in the first quarter. You guys weren't scoring. It was hard to get stops. Uh, they kept getting the right switches with Luca. You know, getting Mikhail off of him, getting a Koji off of him, getting the matchups that they preferred, and they just seem to be right now. And I know we're really shorthanded, but they seem to be a more difficult matchup for us. What do you see in the matchups with you guys in Dallas right now? I mean, well, Luca's a great player. I mean, he's a matchup problem for everyone, so I don't think it's unique to us. I do think um, when when they're able to get up early and they're able to have a lead, they can slow the game down and basically choke the air out of the, the ball, and they can hunt matchups. Um, it's it's difficult when you're down 15 points, 16 points in the first quarter to, to make that up over the course of the last three games. And, and after you get down that big, you're really just playing a possession game where they're trying to minimize them and you're trying to maximize them. And you can get anxious, you know, you, you start trapping, you start trying to make up ground, and, and then you allow them to play where they're comfortable, which is without pressure, you know, with, without consequence. And if you allow Luca to, to have that pressure release, um, he's really, really difficult to beat. So for us, it's always going to be how we start. Um, when we start well, we typically finish well as well. Yeah, Luca gets thirty three against anybody. It's their role players. Everybody was knocking down shots. I mean, he had several guys making five three pointers. They shot the three well, and a lot of their role players. Woods played really well in that game. And what about Book? The way they defend Book, they like to throw several guys at him. They like to try to turn him into a passer. Well, you know that's 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 the the, 
the game plan they have to employ. Uh, you can't just allow Devin to, to be Devin. You know, if you give him a steady diet of one thing, if you allow him to score, um, he'll he'll torch you. I think we've seen that multiple times this year. I think that's just something that we'll we'll expect from them, but but all of the teams that we're buying against, like they understand, Devin makes us go, and and so we'll be better. You know, when we're at full strength and we get healthy, um, we'll be able to to put some of those counters out there. But until then, we'll just have to figure out ways to to start fast because um, you don't have to put that much pressure on Devin if you can get out to a good start. James Jones, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Was that the the first moment with all these injuries that you've been dealing with and, and the, the depth has been extraordinary? Was that the first game against Dallas where you felt like your depth was really being challenged and it was kind of exposed in terms of, of kind of running out of time when it comes to getting some of your guys back because it was being exposed to a certain extent? No, I don't. Uh, I think you know, like it's the, the same players are playing. Um, I think if we we score in the games even, you know, you play your rotations differently. They play their rotations differently. Um, you know, they're not afforded the ability to play their bench as long, and their starters have to play because they're in a competitive game. Um, I think like our our rotation has been you know tested since the beginning of the season. Without Chris, um, it's been stressed. But I don't think the Dallas game put any more stress on us. You know, we're coming off a back-to-back where guys, you know, had literally played 28 minutes before. So I think when you add all those factors in together, outside of that first quarter, I thought we played pretty well over those two days. It's a good time, uh, at least in my mind, it's a good time for an update on Cam Johnson. How's he doing? How's he feeling? Where are things looking with the recovery for him right now, James? Uh, he's progressing. You know, I think, um, you know, he hasn't had any setbacks. And, and more importantly, he's, he's active. He's in the building. Um, continuing his rehab, his strengthening, but but he's on pace, and, and our hope is that you know over the coming weeks, you know he'll he'll continue to progress, and we'll get him some time, get him back some time, you know uh, soon. With Chris apparently coming back soon, and Cameron Payne, when you look at the ball handlers and the ability to have a, a ball handler like create shots, are you happy where you're at right now, or or is that something that you may want to address at some point later in the season? Um, I've always said, you know, we have an open roster spot, and that's roster spots to address whatever needs come up. Um, you can never have too many ball handlers. You can never have too many shooters. You can never have too many scorers. And so in that order, we're always looking. But it's, you know, it's it's something when you have Chris, Devin, and, and campaign playing, playing well, being high-usage ball handlers, it's a luxury that we'd love to have. Um, and, and so if, if something comes up, we'll look at it. Things got thin a little bit at the power forward position. You start Dario over the weekend against the San Antonio Spurs. I know the playing time for him has been real hit or miss so far this season. Has it become very, very matchup dependent for him in terms of his ability to get on the floor because of the other bigs that you have on the roster, James? Oh uh, yeah, it's, it's a, a lot of it's just rotations and matchups. I mean, as as we look forward to the postseason, um, every team, a lot of teams play, you know different styles you know we have some teams in our in our division and our conference you know that are big we have others that are small um but we know that it's going to be the 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 depth that we have and the ability to to be flexible with our starting lineups that's going to serve us best just because we're constructed around two perimeter oriented players and so some nights may call for size for rebounding other nights might call for speed because our opponents are playing small but it's it's just really matchup dependent for us enough as far as our forwards go. 
We had Josh Okoji on the show yesterday, and he got some ample playing time in that, in that game against Dallas. We've been seeing him a little bit more. Shooting the ball has always been a problem for him. It's one of the reasons why he doesn't get a lot of time, but um, he's shooting the ball a little bit better. He feels his shot's going to come defensively. I, and I know, I know you love defense. I mean, he had a terrific block shot that got called a foul. That, uh, that was crazy. But he gives you that physicality and size defensively. Do you like what you're seeing out of him on the defensive side? I have. I mean, I think it's been a journey for Josh with us, especially coming into a situation where there's offensive freedom and we're we're promoting uh, or pushing guys to, to be better offensively. Um, but he's impactful, man. And, and defensively is where I think any guy coming into the game can make an impact. Well, he has all the tools. He has the size, the physicality, the athleticism, the guard multiple positions. He rebounds extremely well for his size, and he's fearless on the defensive end. And so as we look to complement what Mikel gives us, but to also look for something different, um, I think that's what Josh is for us. And I'm just happy that he's starting to, to shake off uh, some of the rust and, and starting to settle into the rotation. Are you with this? Uh, I don't want to say that you're happy that Chris Paul missed time because that wouldn't be accurate. But are you happy you got the looks that you did at the other guys during this time while Chris was gone? Um, it's been beneficial for us. I, and I won't say like I've been happy. Um, but you just, I'm happy for the guys that they've been able to perform and, and take advantage of their opportunities. But I do think it's been beneficial for us uh, because so many times throughout the course of the year, uh, you're trying to force rotations and forced experimentation well for us circumstances forced us to to come out and look at our team differently and and ask guys to step up and they've done a valiant job doing it one of the things that that i did want to ask you about was deandre ayton um and i think it was tough early on with chris's role changing a little bit i think deandre was having a little bit tougher of a time trying to figure out you know not being involved in the pick and roll as much and how does he get his opportunities we have seen a, a, a lot of growth in DeAndre Ayton over the last couple of weeks. We've seen a different level in physicality, getting to the free throw line, attacking the basket. He's had some terrific rebounding games, which he's always been an elite defensive rebounder, and he struggled with that early. But now he's getting back to that. Is it just is is it effort? Is 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 it coaching? Is it what's clicked with him in the last couple of weeks to you? Well, you never know when it clicks, but it's it's been everything. It's a little bit of coaching, so some effort, it's recognition. I've said before the game has started to slow down for him, um, but it's he's he's forced to adapt. Um, I think him more than anyone else. You know when you take, you know, your starting point guard out of the, the equation, your starting power forward. Um, when you're playing in multiple bigs and, and different wings, you know he he more than anyone because he's the anchor by defense has to adjust and adapt to different playing styles and different defensive capacity from the perimeters. So I think taking all that in at the beginning of the season was was an overwhelming experience for him. Um, but it's settled, and he's been great the last few weeks. And, and his expectation and our expectation is that he'll continue to adapt and get better. All right, best of luck tonight uh, for the organization against the Boston Celtics. We're all really excited about this game. It's a big one. We're all looking forward to it. We look forward to talking to you next week as well, James. Thanks for the time. Awesome, guys. Thank you. Thanks, James. James Jones joining us on the Arizona Sports Line here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Text us your thoughts. The FanDuel text line, it is always open for you during the Burns and Gambo show. You can text us at 620-620. Now, when we come back here on Burns and Gambo, the Arizona Cardinals, five games left of the season. It's never too early to start looking at what the team needs. That's exactly what we're going to do next on the Burns and Gambo show. 
Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Back here with you on the Burns and Gambo show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns are back, or the uh, Cardinals, I should say. We're back on the practice field today, getting ready for their game coming up on Monday night against the New England Patriots. Of course, at this point, you know the Patriots have just about everything to play for at this point with their record, trying to get one of those last playoff spots in the AFC. Whereas the Cardinals, the Cardinals are 4-8 and eight and have five games left. And while we're not going to totally give in to mock drafts, you know, that that's still a long ways away. We still have a lot of things that have to happen before there's a draft. But certainly, when you talk about a 4-8 and eight football team, when you talk about an organization that's probably on its way to a 5-win season or a 6-win season, clearly changes have to happen. At the very least, changes have to happen in terms of the playing personnel, let alone the coaching or the general manager or things like that. And you can expect between now and next offseason, Gamble, there's going to be a ton of conversations about how the Cardinals go about improving this team. What do they need to do? What do they need to focus their attention on? What There's a lot, right? I mean, there's a, sure. when you start talking about what needs the Arizona Cardinals have to not have to go 4-8 and eight through 12 games next year, that's a big conversation to have. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, you've, you've got to build through the draft. you got to build you know through the draft first, and then you got to get through free agency, and you've got to try to address the needs on the team. And look, a lot of the needs that they had last year are still the needs this year. Offensive line, edge rusher, cornerback, I still feel like those needs that we talked so much about last year, those are still the needs for, for the Arizona Cardinals. Like they haven't changed because they really weren't addressed the way they needed to. So you're going to go into this draft, you're going to go into free agency, you're going to look at those positions, you're going to say, okay, we've got to do it. Look, they're very likely going to have a top 10 pick in the draft. There's three offensive linemen that, you know, today there was a, a good piece on ESPN by McShay and Kuyper talking about the draft and the players and, you know, who's out there. And they, they kind of feel like there are three good offensive tackles. The kid from Penn State. Um, Fashanu. The, Fashanu. The uh, Peter Skoronsky from Northwestern. Paris Johnson Jr. from Ohio State, and then maybe Broderick Jones from Georgia. That's the kids. They think it's a really solid class, but those are the guys they feel first round talent. You're going to get one of those guys. Like you, there's going to be some quarterbacks taken early. If you want to get one of the top one or two offensive linemen, they should be in a position to get that. And guy. I misspoke. Fashanu is actually announcing he's going back to school, so he's not available. Though, so those are the three that you're talking about. We saw a mock draft last week where Paris Johnson Jr. was. Was linked to them. Uh, there's also, as part of that piece, you mentioned some of the, the positions the Cardinals might need. Um, there's some speculation that there isn't a Sauce Gardner in this draft. There isn't a Derek Stingley Jr. or a Kyle Hamilton, that there's not that truly elite cornerback prospect that's out there, defensive back that's out there, but that it's a deeper class maybe than what we've seen. So the guy you could get on day two might be just as good as the guy you could get on day one. So is that something that you would push back on a little bit if you're the Cardinals and maybe not take a corner in the first round. I mean, like the bottom line is what, what no matter, no matter what position you take in this year's draft. Okay. At least this is where I sit. You've got to find an elite player at that position. You've got to find some game changing talent at that position. If you're the Cardinals, right? Cause you absolutely, you haven't had, enough of that. Not even close to enough of that when it comes to the draft. And you probably also need to find a player that you need to count on playing right away. That's also something you haven't had a lot of if you're the Arizona. Now, of course, in the NFL, free agency comes first. So, how they spend their dollars, 
how they allocate their resources, what decisions they make there. In some parts, in some ways, will kind of drive and dictate what they do with the draft and the decisions they make there. But if the draft truly is the lifeblood of any organization, the Cardinals have to do better at theirs. They're just not getting the impact players that other teams. I, I was can't miss. You know what? Can't was, miss on an, can't I, miss on an offensive tackle or a defensive edge rush if you get them. I was watching. Okay, so the Suns game the other night, and OBJ was there in Dallas, right? Right. Micah Parsons is is uh, accompanying him didn't at the Mavs game. Didn't somebody game. get assigned Devin Booker jersey? Was it Parsons? I didn't see that. Micah Parsons. Wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't, I think Micah Parsons got assigned Devin Booker jersey after the game. But I was so jealous. I was so I was so jealous. And, and not not that OBJ was at a Mavs game and being wooed by the Mav, or by the uh, Cowboys. Campbell, I was jealous that Micah Parsons is a player that the Cowboys drafted, and he's making an immediate impact, right? And I know they can't all be that yeah, good, he, and I know they can't be all that good that quick. God, I was jealous they've got this younger player who's a stud, a verified, bona fide stud. That's what the draft is supposed to be about, finding those guys. Yeah, absolutely. And Micah Parsons was the guy that, look, they weren't, where they drafted, they wouldn't have been able to get him anyway, I don't believe. But I don't think that that was a guy that they really loved either in and the that draft. that makes me nervous. Yeah. That, if we're just being honest about it, if they didn't love him, that makes me a little nervous. Yeah. You know, like, well, maybe you should have loved him, you know? And again, he wasn't available to them, but maybe you should have loved him a little bit more. Maybe somebody's, oh, yeah, no, we don't really like him. Yeah, no, not, not really our thing. Okay, that, that, and that's where Steve Kime talks a lot about constantly evaluating and reevaluating how he evaluates players, right? right? And guys where he looks at and goes, yeah, no, I don't think that guy's the guy we want to take. That's the part. If Steve Kime is indeed the one making this decision, and we have no idea what's going to happen with that, that's the part about this that's got to change. I hear you say that about Micah Parsons. That's frustrating. Yeah. That's frustrating. Because I, I even, like, I'm just looking back because you could, like, look some of this stuff. The guy's like, I remember during the draft, you were adamant that the Cardinals were not interested in Micah Parsons. They went with Collins instead. Um, I, didn't, I don't believe I had Micah Parsons in my Gamble 5 that year as a player they were going to take, but we did have Zayvon Collins, and they took Zayvon Collins. But I don't believe that we had uh, Micah Parsons in there because I did not believe that uh, that they, they were going to draft Micah Parsons. I didn't think they liked Micah Parsons. But look, I mean, you're right. They have to hit on on this player, whoever it is, with the pick that they're going to get. I'm glad I'm glad that they didn't trade that pick for a player this year. Remember, there was talk about that. Should they trade the first round pick and go get an edge rusher right now? Could they go get, you know, what was what we talk about? Bradley Chubb? We talked about a few different players. And yeah. Should they give up a draft pick to get? I'm glad, Bernsey. I'm glad they didn't trade that first round pick. Yeah, but we'll see. They traded the first round pick last year, you know, leading up to the draft to get Hollywood Brown. I, I can't imagine they're going to do that again, but we'll see. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show and just like that it's four o'clock which means it's time to get you caught up on everything going on in sports the four o'clock reset is next here on Arizona Sports the local sports leader